Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. It's going well. It's going well. Really, really well. Super good. Good. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about The Deal by L. Kennedy, and later, we are going to begin talking about our Know Yo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. So stay with us for that. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? I have been reading. So if I go back, I can't remember if I had finished. The so we had a surprise bonus episode. We Don't did. know if you heard that, but we interviewed Chris Brinkley about his new book, My Story of Us, Zach, by Chris Brinkley. And um, it was delightful. We listened to it. Again, that's how I recommend doing it. It was really good. Yeah. And um, also, if you haven't listened to that episode with Chris yet, you should definitely give that a listen because we always just have a good time talking and hanging out with Chris. Well, and I don't know if I had finished A Crown of Gilded Bones, which is the third in the Blood and Ash series. I don't think you've talked about reading that one. Um, oh, maybe you did. I can't remember. Anyway, I went into it thinking this is going to be the culmination of this really great series, and it was not. I was stressed. <laughs> super disappointed that because I was getting towards the end I'm like wow there's a lot of stuff that needs to finish before this book is over and then I was like oh dang it so now I have to wait for the fourth book to which, get you Ugh, they suck you in so anyway it was really good it's it's crazy bonkers story but um super fun and now I have to wait I don't know like a year or two for the next one which mm -hmm. makes me unhappy then I read my story of us I didn't read it I listened to Chris Brinkley in my ears <laughs> telling me things um by the way he's just such a sweetheart yeah um and then um then i read just folking around which i had read last time we talked by penny reed which is the prequel to the jackson james book yes and then i read the deal so okay. there we have it um i also finished my summer student teaching this week this past week which was so maybe now I'll get to read other books. Yeah. And yeah, sure you will. <laughs> There's a big brother to watch, Ellen. That's true. <laughs> um, yes, I get to. I started watching Big Brother this week because it started, and I'm so excited. I love Big Brother. Um, so that's what's going on with me. We also saw Black Widow. We did go to a theater to see Black Widow. Yeah. And really liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. It was it really was good. good. Um, we also watched Ted Lasso for like the fourth time. Because my aunt was in town, and apparently when people come to visit us, we show them Ted Lasso. That's <laughs> because the, the new thing. That we what? Have. You haven't seen it? We have to watch it again. <laughs> Literally, that's the fourth time I've watched it all the way through. So, It's delightful. It is delightful. Um, okay. Today we're going to be talking about The Deal by Elle Kennedy. It is the first book in her off-campus series and is followed by The Mistake, The Score, and The Goal. Uh, here is the back cover description for The Deal. Hannah Wells has finally found someone who turns her on, but while she might be confident in every other area of her life, she's carting around a full set of baggage when it comes to sex and seduction. If she wants to get her crush's attention, she'll have to step out of her comfort zone and make him take notice, even if it means tutoring the annoying, childish, cocky captain of the hockey team in exchange for a pretend date. 
All Garrett Graham has ever wanted is to play professional hockey after graduation, but his plummeting GPA is threatening everything he's worked so hard for. If helping a sarcastic brunette make another guy jealous will help him secure his position on the team, he's all for it. But when one unexpected kiss leads to the wildest sex of both their lives, it doesn't take long for Garrett to realize that pretend isn't going to cut it. Now he just has to convince Hannah that the man she wants looks a lot like him. Mom, what did you think of the deal? Okay, I really, really liked this book. I really liked the premise. I liked the story. I thought it was well-written. I don't think I'm the target audience for this book. I have a hard time with these new adult books. Mm -hmm. Did I call it the right thing? Yeah, you did. For once. (laughs) Yay me! After me correcting you, like, a thousand times Um. Yeah, so apparently I had read this before. Apparently I've read this whole series. There you go. <laughs> so I went on my Goodreads and I'm like, oh, all of these books are marked as read. <laughs> so that means I've probably read them. And as I was reading it, I'm like, yeah, I've definitely read this series because um, I remember his friend who's in love with his girlfriend and who that he also gets a book. I remember that there's a certain female character in this book that ends up getting a book as well with one of the hockey players. Ah, I think I know. Um, So that's a thing. And um, yeah, so as I was reading it, I'm like, yes, I'm recalling all of this. Um, And I gave it five stars on my first reading. Um, I don't know that I feel as emphatically about it now to warrant five stars. Like, I really only save five stars for like, wow. I really love that book a whole lot, but I also don't know that I have any beef with it to warrant less than five stars. Do you know, like there's nothing there's, you know, we talk, we say this a lot. There's nothing on in the book that is like a deal breaker where I, I don't like it. I, and I really enjoy, I still really enjoyed the book. Um, but yeah, I think this reading of it, I was like, Twenty-one year olds. Well, and twenty-year-olds, it just—they just seemed extremely young to me. Yeah. Not that I'm being judgy about that. I just don't know that I want to read about that. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And I you're was not married alone. at twenty, so yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really liked it. There's, I we're gonna talk about some stuff, but I, I there's nothing in it that, in fact, there's a lot of things that I think it does really well. Um, I do too. I even cried at a point in this book. I really liked this book and I really liked the story and I really enjoyed reading it. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, maybe it has something to do with the first time I read it was just for passing fancy. And then this time I'm reading it to talk about it on the podcast. Well, and how and, long ago did you read it? Maybe you were still in your twenties yeah, or something. I definitely read. was. Um, and so I think all of that comes into play when, when talking about this book. Um, okay, so first, let's talk about what did you think of Har- Hannah as our hair oh. Hannah? Hannah <laughs> as our hair oh, Um, I really liked Hannah. And, you know, trigger warnings. Yeah. She's dealing with stuff. Yeah. And um, I thought, but I thought it was well done. I thought it was well written. I liked that she really struggled, but then, you know, was trying to climb out of that. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk about how some of that stuff is handled, but just in general with, in relation to her, I think L. Kennedy really found kind of the sweet spot with having, having her past trauma be a part of her, but not having it be 
her. Right. I feel like there's a lot of books that deal with victims of rape or domestic violence or whatever, and then their plot in the book is only... Deals with that. That. And, you know, I think that's a big part of the story, and, you know, the whole reason they sleep together is because she thinks she's broken, quote-unquote. Um... But I I never felt like it defined her as a character, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I thought she did a really good job with that element. Yeah, and I really liked Hannah. I liked her snarkiness, and I liked her, um, I, I just really liked her sense of humor. I liked their banter and bickering, and um, I just thought she was a lot of fun to read. Yeah. Um, same. And... Uh, I, you know, she she wasn't sure what she's going to do with her vocal performance degree. And I liked that. Yes. Yeah. I liked that she's a 20-year-old who doesn't know what the hell she's going to do. <laughs> I think that that's realistic. And um, and I, I really liked her snark and how she, like, never gave him an inch. Yeah. Which... Um, I think he needed and, uh, well, and I loved how she would, cause he was super cocky. I mean, super cocky. And I loved how she called him on that all the time. And, um, I, I just thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, what did you think of Garrett as our hero? I liked Garrett. It's hard for me, like I said, to get all wrapped up in, oh, you know, he's so hot and all that. Cause he's freaking 20 years old. <laughs> He's younger than both your sons. <laughs> exactly. Like quite a bit younger. Yeah. So like 10 years younger than my youngest. Mm-hmm. And um, so I can't really get all gushy about, oh, he's so hot. Uh, because that's just like, I feel like a pedophile. But I really liked him. I liked his cocky attitude. I really liked him during the conflict, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. But um, I really like how he handled all that. Uh yeah. In fact, there are things that we commonly don't like about books that this book handled really well. Yeah. So. You guys, mom and I went to Trader Joe's recently. <laughs> and there was this guy that was working there that was, like, ridiculously like, hot. super gushy. <laughs> and Elle and I just left looking at each other like, did you see him? Did you see him? Did you see but him? It was the first time where I recognized, like, that boy is a lot younger than me. Like, I can tell he's younger than me. But he was, like, hot damn. And um, so I, I work with all the teenage girls in our church program. And I was like, you guys, you've got to go to freaking Trader Joe's and, like, scope out this guy. <laughs> because you guys can appreciate him. And, you know. What a snack he is. Yeah. Um, and they all laughed that I called him a snack. But he be that. Anyway, so that's tangential but also so somewhere. if you're in the sacramento area go to freaking trader joe's <laughs> check out the eye candy that's working the register um anyway that is to say that <laughs> off topic totally <laughs> that i'm starting to feel the like age gap between yeah welcome to my world yeah so it's kind of sad um so garrett he started off as kind of an ass but I do feel like he earned his redemption. And I feel that L. Kennedy appropriately made him a sweetheart and, yes. like, revealed him to be a sweetheart. Um, there are still moments where, like, his alpha wholeness 
was a little too much for me, but I also just kind of chalked that up to him being a 20-year-old in 2015. Well, and I think, too, a lot of it is because of what he'd been through as a child. I mean, Mm -hmm. he obviously had issues as a child. I think he kind of uses some of that to mask some of that that he went through. I think some of his cockiness comes into, and that's why I think as their relationship grows, he becomes less and less that way. Well, and I also think a big part of it is he's gotten away with it for the past three years that he's been in college because everybody just like worships the ground he walks on. And so when she comes along, it's like, I'm not falling for that. (laughs) And he's like, oh, really? You're not, are you? And, um, and you know, we've, we've seen this play out many times in romance where, you know, he he gets he's into it. The fact that she's not into his whole his shtick, whole, yes, his whole thing that going on um, there. And but he, and he was a bit of a man whore. Yeah, he was a man whore. I mean, I was I was trying to. I'm like, that's pretty ballsy to have them in the process of falling in love, and he sleeps with someone else. Yeah, because that's kind of that doesn't always fly in romance. Um, but they it pull, came off. It, she was able to pull it off in this book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think he, he is a sweetheart and, um, and I like that. And in his defense, I think he walked away from the whole thing. Like he came out, ran out in his jeans, right? Yeah. And nothing else. And like, maybe he didn't finish. So 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 that's finished. So that makes it okay. (laughs) That's the criteria we're going with. It's like, he was inside her, (laughs) but he didn't finish. So it doesn't count. You know, but... (laughs) No, what I'm saying is, but it made him realize, you know what? I don't really want to be with this girl. I don't want to ruin what I have going on with this other girl. So, so mom's got criteria, I guess. Pretty low criteria. (laughs) Apparently. Hopefully my dad's not listening. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but I I do think that by the end, it's like, oh, he's, he is a, a sweetheart and, He's kind of a cocky a-hole, but, you know, that's not always a bad thing. We don't always dislike that in our heroes. Um, Okay, so, heavier. What did you think about how the issues of rape and domestic violence were handled? I thought they did a good job. I thought thought her storyline and just the way she was handling it was... Well done. Healthy. Yes. I liked I liked getting to see because I think a lot of times we um read stories about people who are like in the thick of it and need to be going to therapy and are not. And are not. And with her, it's like she's gone through some therapy and is working. Well, on actually the uses what she learned in therapy to kind of help him through some of his stuff. Yeah. Um and I yeah, and I think that uh I think that have if you had gone through something like that, you would kind of have sexual hangups. I could yeah. I could totally understand that. Not that I've been through any. I of that, kept but. wanting, I kept wanting her to have like an aha moment, um, in regards to like what it was that was hanging her up. Like I I thought maybe at one point there was going to be you know because she talks about how like when he was looking down at her like that kind of triggered something for her. Uh-huh. Like, um, so maybe she realized she needed to do it. Well, they he did kind of or like turn the reins over to her once they kind of yeah. got down to it. But, um, but I like the way that they just kind of did different things for a couple times before yeah. they actually, eh, you know, got in there. And even, I mean, we're going to talk about the sex, but, um, 
even, you know, his whole, let me see how, you know, you say you can have an orgasm without, with, just by yourself. Show me. Let, let's, <laughs> let's see it. <laughs> let's start there. Shall we? Um, so, you know, that was A, hot, and also, like, I thought a good move on his part. Um, okay, so my take is sometimes I think it's a little clunky the way that some of it is handled, but overall, I liked how she was able to include them in a book that still comes off as very light mm-hmm. and um, and fun to read. Uh, his dad, I think, is a little... Mustache twirly. That mom, that is literally <laughs> what I have written down. Because they just really wanted you to hate him from the get-go, and he was very hateable. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see like the side of him that the public is in love with. Like, I thought that there needed to be an element where you buy why Cindy gets with him and why, you know, right. the why he's so revered. Because, you know, people who are assholes in the sports world, even if they're really good, they're not loved. Especially narcissistic people, because narcissists usually know how to play the non-narcissist card, and then that's just what comes out later on yeah. after you get to know them more. Um I just wanted to see, I wanted to see a moment where he had the veneer on so we could understand that he's a multifaceted person right. and not just a ha you know, Yeah, but we really father. only see the bad side. Yeah. Because, and he's a dick, like, admittedly. But I would have thought he was a dick even if we saw that and his good side. Right. I just wanted to see more of why, like, he gets away with it, you know? Yeah, because he does get away with it. And that's... Well, I'll bring that up when we talk about the conflict. I have something to share. Okay. Don't let me forget, because I forget things. I know you do. <laughs> um, I did really want to see Garrett beat the shit out of her rapist. I, I wanted that moment. Well, I wanted him to go to her hometown and just be have her on his arm and just have someone come up and try to say something, and then yeah. him just like... Because I hated that this town was treating them so badly. I know. And I wanted... I also want to see her parents get out of there, yeah, like, so badly. <laughs> Well, I'm, maybe it's in the other books. Well, um, yeah, I don't remember, but I know there's also a book that of novellas that's kind of like a post-post epilogue okay. for each of the four books. Um, I might need to read some more of these books, even though they're young little babies. <laughs> I might need to read some more, because I really did like it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, I read all four books, yeah. so I obviously liked them all enough to read all four of them. Of course, I read them back in the time when I could read what I wanted. Um, but what book have... Did, did we recently read a book where, like, the guy goes and kills her abusive ex? Kills him? Yeah. I don't think we read a book where anybody kills anybody. <sighs> I think that might have been in that novella I just listened to. I was like, what did I just read where somebody, like, goes and kills the person and then she's like did you do it and he's like yeah i did and she's like okay no, cool i haven't read that so it's something that you read <laughs> but um but, but I, did I, we I, talk about when one of or maybe you know what i'd like to see is him become this big famous hockey player and then go back to her hometown yeah and then have people go oh she's with him and then have him just say all y'all suck ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> suck ass if i recorded <laughs> But just like walk around town with like middle fingers <laughs> to the sky and Peace just world, yeah, people. and just like <laughs> screw all y'all, um, especially you, mayor. Yeah, um, seriously, and your dirty 
butt son and ugh, all of you are oh, awful. Oh, mom, the phrases you're coming up with <laughs> suck ass, dirty butt son. <laughs> well, I'm not a bad word person. <laughs> yeah, that's very apparent. <laughs> but I do want to use some bad words, I'm gonna but I don't that. usually use bad words. Get off my back! I'm gonna. I'm make trying a, to be good and not good. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to be good and not good. I'm gonna make a shirt for my brothers that says "Dirty Butt Son," <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like you'd know if you ever listened to our podcast. Yeah, jackass podcast losers. <laughs> um. <laughs> I have to tell the story because it just cracks me up, and I don't think I've told it on here. Um, I wore red lipstick to church um, because it was the first day where we were allowed to not wear masks if we're vaccinated. And um, so I wore a celebratory red lip, as you do. And one of the girls that I work with, she came up to me. One of the teenage girls. One of the teenage girls. She comes up to me and she's like, Ellen, I just have to tell you, you look so, like, powerful and fierce today. You look like someone who just murdered your abusive ex-husband. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> her mom was there, and her mom was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, no, you don't understand. That is such a compliment to Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> so sweet. Um, but anyway, so I take I take that with me. Um, anyway, where were we? Oh, we were talking about heavy issues. <laughs> Until mom side railed us with dirty, dirty butt butts. <laughs> hey, it, it's 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 gonna catch on. It's gonna become like delightful. It's gonna become my catchphrase. Dirty butt. Dirty butt. And delightful. <laughs> it was very alliterative. Um, okay, so let's talk about the conflict. What did you want to say? Was I gonna say something? Oh my gosh. <laughs> remember stop it you <laughs> the thing i liked about the conflict well, first of all the conflict is that his dad comes to hannah and says i'm going to cut him off unless you break up with him yeah because his dad in case we have not established is a dirty butt father <laughs> dirty butt father <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i don't even know what that means <laughs> <laughs> anyway he's a dick and um so he comes to hannah and says I'm gonna, and so Hannah is worried that, you know, he's going to not be able to play hockey and all these things. So she's like, however, if I were Hannah, I'd say, oh, are you now? Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the press with all the crap you've pulled. And yeah. I'm sure that I can get women to back me up on this. So it's yeah. not just us spouting off. Um, yeah, you're going to pay for all his college and everything else he might possibly need. Yeah. The fact that she didn't pull that card, I mean, I could get where she maybe wouldn't want to do it without conferring with what's his toes Garrett Garrett um but that through the whole thing I was thinking girl you should have just pulled that card on well and it's I mean here's the thing I think overall they handled every conflict they encountered pretty well for 20 year olds right? right I mean they have better communication in this book than a lot of books that we read with 30 plus year olds you know absolutely um and I really liked that there's many instances where they're having a fight and they, and like, you know, one of them is, oh, I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, look at me, tell me what's going on. Right. And they talk about it. And, um. Or it's the very, I, it's him. So I have to be honest. You know, I have to be honest. And so yeah. they just tell him. Yeah. Except for this one. Except for this one. But even, I, even this one, um, I think, 
Yes. I was super frustrated with her because my whole thing was like, just go tell him. Yeah. Just go tell him that your dad, like, look, your dad is saying that he's going to cut you off if we, if I don't break up with you. So let's fake break so up. I, I still, mean, there's a, yes, a million exactly. ways to handle it. And it's like, I love you, but I don't want to really crush your dreams and see what he says. Yeah. And see if, yeah, you guys come up with your own blackmail scheme or if he has a trust fund lying in wait as is what happens. Um, and we knew that as readers that he had that trust fund. So I was like, oh, just go tell him because he's going to be able to pay for himself like in a couple weeks. Um, so all of that, I was just like, oh, go tell him. But I'm slightly okay with it because when he, when she does, she does tell him, I mean, it takes a little bit, but she does find like, she is the one that breaks down and is like, okay, I have to tell you. And because I do still love you, etc. Um, and when, and then I, so I feel okay with it because he's like, why didn't she just come to me? And I'm like, yeah, why didn't she just come to me? So again, it shows a self-awareness by L. Kennedy that makes me forgive it. We run into this a lot where I'm willing to forgive lack of communication if it's very apparent that the author and character or one, and one of the characters realizes. Well, and the fact that he never, I mean, he got mad about the breakup at first, but then quickly he's like, She's lying to me. Something's up. There's a reason why this is happening because I know that she loves me. So with him having that in the back of his mind through the whole thing, I was like, okay, this is all going to work out. And then when she does come to him and confess it, he doesn't get pissed off and he doesn't like... Also, the whole thing is pretty funny because he's just like, how's the dating going? Yeah. <laughs> how's that going? How's that? Did you find someone better than me? <laughs> Who? What multitude of men have you been seeing? <laughs> yeah, it was really played pretty... Pretty well, and it was yeah. pretty cute. I didn't love him telling the whole male student body that, like, to keep their hands off her, but it was also kind of funny. It was kind of sweet, though. I mean, yeah. he knew that she was going to come back around, and he didn't want her to get too far away. Yeah. So, I, I get it. Yeah. So, overall, like, with this conflict, like, which is kind of the main conflict, and then there's a couple throughout where they have some, like communication blockage, um, they handle things very well. And so I was, anytime there was a, a moment like that, I was like, yes, yes, right. good job. Well and I done. was proud of them. I was proud of El Kennedy. I was like, yes, I love this. This is great. Um, so that's what I mean, like, where I can't, I can't not love the book because it's like, I, that's always my beef. And all of that was handled really well. A couple of things that I wasn't a super fan of. I don't like him calling her baby. I, I'm Mom, not. you have a great comment that you're going to love. I, I uh, don't love baby. And then the whole stripper tits thing. He was so focused on her boobs. It was a little well, off-putting he's sometimes. He is a 20-year-old. And you know what? They are focused on boobs. <laughs> but the fact that he kept referring to him as stripper tits and she's like, ah, I don't know. Uh, it just I think it's because it come becomes like a joke. A joke thing that they yeah. I get it, but you know, it's a weird inside joke, but <laughs> it's an inside joke. Inside jokes are always weird and like off-putting to people that are outside of it, but I agree. I never love baby and especially like to the extent with which it was used in this. Yeah. Um like I don't even like babe all that much, but I like babe better than baby. baby. Baby is just so, like... Babe, babe, babe. 
It always makes me think of Hot, Hot Rod, Rod, which, yeah. you know, That's... sorry, I don't mean to quote a movie probably no one's seen. <laughs> Except for our family. Um, okay. So finally, before we talk about our other common things, I wanted to talk about new adult, which we've kind of touched on, but I just don't think, I think I'm beginning, and we've talked about new adult before and how it's not for me, but this one is a new, because usually my beef with new adult is like, ugh, it's usually so like angsty and twilighty for lack of a better word but it's just like oh my emotions are so strong and they're more important than anything else that's going on in the world blah 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 blah. you know like that's usually like the vibe I get from new adult and that's what I mean by twilighty sorry to offend people who like twilight and I liked twilight when I was in my early 20s as well I liked twilight when I read it originally yeah so it's and the movies came out and I think that ruined it for me yeah um but that's usually my beef with new adult um, I don't think that that happens in this book. So then I have to explore, okay, why don't I like new adult? What is it? And I'm realizing it's just because I'm, I'm getting too old to appreciate, to like. <laughs> Cause you're reading about babies. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like, so there's so much of this book where I'm like, you guys are babies talking about like head and stripper tits way too much. Yeah. Like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Call your mother. <laughs> maybe that makes me a prude. And we already know that, you know, I am because I'm a 30 plus virgin. So that's a thing. But, um, you know, I don't know. I was just like, that was kind of off-putting to me this time around. And I think it's just because, I think it's because I'm starting to work with kids and teenagers and so I'm just like, oh, honey, knock that off. <laughs> you're going to get to where when there's a movie about a teacher who falls for one of her students, you're going to want to throw up. Yeah. And they keep throwing those out there. And I keep thinking, who is watching these terrible, terrible stories? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, any thoughts on that? <sighs> no, I can't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> New adult. Oh, my gosh. If you ever listened to me. I listened to you all the time. You do not. Um, no, the whole new adult thing, the biggest problem for me is just like, these are babies and I need to go and knock some heads on these tiny children who are having all these issues. So here's the thing, because I'm not listening to what mom's saying. But I would like to knock his dad's head, like, off. Mom has been doing this thing lately where um, I tell her something like, oh, so-and-so is dating so-and-so now. And she's like, oh, okay. And then, like, two days later, she's like, did you hear that so-and-so is dating so-and-so? I'm like, I'm literally the one that told you that, bitch. And she's like, I don't, I never listened to you. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. What, what were we talking about? What did you say? <laughs> she never listens to anything I say. She's terrible. Um, anyway, new adult. Yeah. It's just not for me anymore. I don't think yeah, I'll still read. I'll, especially if it's, and like, I enjoyed this one. It's not that I didn't enjoy this one, but there's just an element of it where I'm, I can't connect to it as fully as romances about grown adults because there's not the ick factor when I'm reading about people who I conceive as my peers. Well, and the other thing too is like, we'll read historicals where it's, you know, a 20-year-old. And a 35-year-old. And a 35-year-old, which we all know my feelings on the age gap. But 
that doesn't bother me. It's context. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of the reason that doesn't bother me is because at least she's not 16 and (laughs) (laughs) she's an old maid at 20. Yeah. But I think, and I think they always write them as more mature than some of this, some of these new. Yeah. I always want to call it new age. No, it's not new age. That's like incense. I know. I know. I'm well aware. And so I always call it the new, the wrong thing. But anyway, um, I think that's part of my problem. Yeah. Um, that being said, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> um, so they do a lot of it. They do have sex. Um, and we already mentioned the babies having sex that kind of weirds us out. But, um, I did like the element of him quote unquote fixing her. So then it made all of the sex somewhat have a point. So it wasn't just like right. sex for the case of having a sex scene. And I do like when they had the whole discussion about how he decided he is also broken and that she has helped him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think, I think through the sex scenes, there's still element of story that is being utilized, which I appreciate. We, you, you guys know, we appreciate this in a sex scene. Um, and so you see him coming to the realization that he's only used sex for like emotionless running and she, um, has not been able to connect fully in it since her incident. Um, so I liked that journey for both of them and yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. And yeah, I thought some of it was kind of hot. Like I thought that him with the, you know, show me <laughs> was, was good. Um, what was your swooniest moment? Okay. This, and this is where I teared up some. Um, after she sings at the showcase mm-hmm. and then. And they're broken up at this point. And they're broken up at this point, And she is, um, she goes out and sings her little heart out because she's just so broken because. She, and she, she's been forced to break up with him and she's just emoting in her song and it's gorgeous and everyone loves it. And, and, but part of the reason she's so sad is because she wanted him to be there to hear her sing this song. Cause she had mm-hmm. sung it to him and he'd been there to help her kind of work through all that. And, um, then he comes up to her backstage after the show and she's like, you were here. And he's like, where else would I be? Anyway, it was really sweet. And that was one of those times where he's like, How's the dating going? Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's like the first time that he yeah. pulls out that card and, and it's cute and sweet. And I thought it was really yeah. swoony. Um, I, mine is not necessarily like a moment as much as just an aspect. I really like that he's the one that fell first. Like, and because this whole time he's like, hell no, I don't date girls. Like, there's even a girl that comes up to him and is like, what the hell, man? Like, Yeah, you said you weren't dating anybody. You didn't want to date anybody. That's why you yeah. broke up with me. Um, But I just really liked kind of his progression into realizing that he, um, that he loves her and that he is even, like, the first one to say it and stuff was cute. Because I feel like a lot of times in a book like this, we, we would get him with the kind of, like, commitment issues but he's just like all in and realizes like no no one else gets to be with her yeah. and um yeah it was all cute. that stuff um I will also give a shout out because um I was 
behind on reading this surprise surprise and so I got the audiobook as well and was listening to it while I was doing some things and the audiobook for this is also quite good good so um if you're looking for an audiobook I thought that this one is there two voices or there is, is dual yeah narration so okay. um and the guy is they yeah they both do a really good job so a little shout out for that um okay let's hear from some of you as to what you thought of this book. Amy says, this book was okay, babe. I'm beginning to think, baby, that I'm getting too old to read a romance about college-age couple. I'm just not that interested in reading about horny 20-somethings, babe. And baby, you may be picking up on one of the things that bugged me about the dialogue in this book, babe. <laughs> yes. So Amy gets, Amy, Amy gets comment of the day. Because <laughs> that one cracked me up when I read it. Because um, mom and I had talked about how I, don't, the I don't love baby. Yeah. Um, Meta says, I hadn't heard of this book and haven't read campus slash sports romance before. Yeah, there is quite a lot of that if you want it. Um, and then someone posted that the ebook was free. I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. They were so sweet and funny with each other. The dad was kind of a soap opera villain, though. Yes. Um, and then she says, now my question is whether the other books in the series are nearly as good. And Jen replied and said, the deal, so this book is probably my favorite, but I really liked the whole series. Um, and I obviously can't, like, completely vouch, but I will say I liked it enough to have read the whole series, so. What rating did you give the other that. books in the series? Um, I didn't rate any of the other books. Ellen. So, I mean, I suppose that's somewhat telling, but I do remember, because the next book is about... Logan, who throughout this book obviously, like, crushes a bit on Hannah, and that is an element in his book, is that, like, he needs to get over his crush on his best friend's girlfriend. Like, that's a thing. Um, and then, spoiler alert, there's a book about her friend Allie, who has recently broken up with her longtime college oh, boyfriend. No. And so she ends up with one of the hockey players. One of the boys. One of the boys. Um, so, yes. Well, I think I'll at least read Logan's book because I'm intrigued. Um, you probably might want to read um, Allie and Dean's as well. Oh, so Allie winds up with Dean. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so that's what I will say. But I'm glad you liked it, Manhattan, that, um that it worked for you. Um, Vittoria said, I, you know the feeling when you went for one more drink the night before and you enjoyed it, but then wake up thinking, meh, I'd feel better if I hadn't had that last drink. <laughs> New adult romance leaves me with the same feeling. Some good attempts at tackling some serious issues, sexual assault, sex positive, etc., halted by massive doses of slut shaming and stereotypes about American colleges. Please tell me they're not like that. <laughs> um, this said, I didn't hate this. I liked Garrett and the story didn't drag too much. I did, however, have to check when it was written, 2014, 2015, which partially explained the cargo pants and sweater obsession. Mm -hmm. um, yes, there was a lot of like references or to clothing um, <clears throat> or watching TV shows on DVD. I was like, Oh, that's, that would not. <laughs> it's dating itself. I mean, like, we have things where it's like, I own it on DVD, but it's like, it's on Netflix. Why would I get out my DVDs? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, there was, there was a few things where I had to look up when this was written as well. And I remember reading it a while ago, so I knew it was 
at least a little bit old. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I end up with new adult too. Um, Rhea says, I thought the romance was good and I liked their relationship, but I really feel like this book should have been about half the number of pages. The side character subplots were so bizarre and boring at the same time. I didn't understand why the choir partner drama was in there other than to pad the story. All the hockey player guys' dialogue was so similar in voice, it was hard to tell them apart. I will agree with that. I I still don't know. I'm like, which one was his best friend that he was going to go to, like, be the Bruins together? Which one was that? It was Logan, I think. Was it Logan? I'm pretty sure Logan was his, <clears throat> like... Like, ride or die? Ride or die guy. Yeah. Um, I will agree, though, that I was having a hard time, like, keeping them all apart. Um... And ultimately, that didn't... Okay, sorry. R Rhea continues. All the hockey player guys' dialogue was so similar in voice that it was hard to tell them apart. And ul ultimately, that didn't matter. <laughs> the conflict seemed like they'd never end. I was ready to be done with the story by the time Garrett's dad came into the picture. Um, I get that. It is a long book for, like, a fairly light in-conflict book, I will say. Yes. And I would agree with the choir thing. It could have been cut down immensely yes. I, I get why it was in there because she had to go on her own and use one of her own songs and but at the last minute but all of that drama like like just cut out mj and cast dating and all of that stuff just have there be references to this jackass who she's having to deal with in and the then choir. and then he dumps her at the last minute yeah that could have served the same purpose yeah i sure. agree um, Catherine says, it weirdly feels a little dated, even though it's from 2015. And also in 2015, he and his roommates wouldn't have had a million channels. It would have been an NHL subscription and Netflix. Um, I did like it after getting over his chauvinism. I would read another book by this author. Yeah, I kind of wonder, because, um, it was written in 2015, but it's a first book in a series, so maybe it's one that she had kind of, like, had on the back burner for a little while. Um... So, I don't know, but... So, it made... It came out in, in 2014, but maybe she wrote it before that. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Cassie says, This was a reread for me. I loved both Hannah and Garrett and appreciated their backstories. Some of the pop culture references are already dated, but I guess that serves as a hallmark of the time this was written, even though it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would reread re the other books in this series, as this one was my favorite. This overall series is a three to four star series for me, and I think it's cute, and that it's getting a second life on TikTok right now. Interesting. Um, overall, not memorable, but a pleasant reading experience. I'm intrigued by this TikTok life, Cassie, um, and what that entails. Um, Natalie says, I tried but couldn't finish this one. I think if I read it at a different point in my life, I could have really liked it. As it was, I agree with the previous points made about how it felt dated and a bit juvenile. Also, I had just finished Just a Heartbeat Away by Cara Bastone, which was so wonderful in the way that the characters were adults and actually acted like it and tried to make adult decisions. The contrast between these two books highlighted the issues I sometimes have with new adult romances. I think college-age Natalie would have reacted differently, though. Yeah, I think 20s Ellen reacted differently as well. Um, Natalie followed it up with a another comment and said, I just had a thought. I was frustrated by a small moment in this book when he looks at her iPod and scoffs and says 
he's going to give her some quote-unquote real music. But then I remembered that when I was in college, I swapped music with a crush of mine and he literally gave me a thumb drive with Led Zeppelin's entire catalog on it. Can't fault the accuracy. (laughs) And I was like, Natalie, girl, same. Because um, (laughs) I can safely say this because he won't ever listen to this. Um, But I had such a crush on this guy in college. And, um, And that our thing was like talking about music and movies. This is always my thing with guys. Um, and we would exchange music all the time and I gave him a zip drive. I think it was, I think I gave him like a zip drive of music and he burned me CDs cause it was 2009, <laughs> uh, 2008, 2009. And, um, it was called the miseducation of Ellen Lloyd because it was play on Lauren Hill. Um, and so I still have those CDs somewhere. And um, I still... But the problem with, like, having a crush that you exchange music with... Um, is that when you hear those songs? Is that when I hear those songs, I'm like, damn him. Because, <laughs> like, now there's, like, songs that I love that are inexorably tied to this guy. Who, I'll tell you guys the story because it's kind of weird. But, like, we we were, like, always back and forth, always exchanging comments and thoughts. And, like, we we moved apart from each other, but we still stayed in contact and stuff. And then when we were in the same town, we'd see each other and, I think, go out on dates? I don't know. It was always... <laughs> Very low-key. Yeah. Um, and then, at one point, there was this time where I was talked about in Entertainment Weekly. Not a big deal. <laughs> But it was for... Um, huge deal. <laughs> watching a lot of TV. Anyway, they wrote about me in Entertainment Weekly. And um, and so he messaged me and he was like, hey, what's... Like, I want to hear more about this. And so we, like, went back and forth and we're talking. And, um, and then I was like, hey, what's going on with you? Like, what are you up to? Etc. And so we were chatting for, like, a while And then it kind of died off. And then, like, a couple weeks later, I'm on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, he got married. And, like, I I put two and two together because these these photos that were posted were, like, a a couple couple weeks weeks old. old. And I realized that his wedding happened the day after we were messaging, and he didn't mention anything anything about getting freaking married the next day and I'm like what the hell man (laughs) and I don't know so I I, to this day I I wish I knew but I don't know if he was interested and just timing never worked out or if he knew I was interested and felt weird about it whatever but or trying to keep his options open whatever (laughs) but anyway so yes I feel the the cringe of exchanging music with a crush, because I've played that card many a time. Um, Megan said, this is one of those books that I know isn't necessarily the top of the romance heap overall, but it's definitely not the bottom, and I love it. Shrug emoji. If you're not into new adult, sure, it's probably not for you, but if you are, this is the cream of the crop. The series is on my go-to list for rereads. I'm aware of the problems that some readers have with it, but I find myself enjoying it so much that I don't really care. Fake relationships, sports star hero, heroine with her own, heroine with her own life goals and talents, unnecessary self-sacrifice. I'm so in. 
I'll also add that the second book is good, but I think the third is my favorite. Slutty Roomy Dean and Hannah's BFF Allie. So. hey Um, yeah, I, it's like I said, I agree. I mean, New Delt's not even for me, I've decided, but I do think this is a good one. Yeah. Of, of the genre, so. Raquel says, I echo many of the comments by fellow No Yomos. Overall, I liked the chemistry between the main characters. Very steamy scenes. Definitely not mom friendly. <laughs> and definitely liked Garrett as a hero. However, I read this book last year and many of the details are now fuzzy, so I wouldn't say it was very memorable and I wasn't excited enough to reread it for the book club. This is mainly due to the fact that to me, most of new adult and sports romance books read slash feel the same. Shrug emoji. Granted, I haven't read that many new adult stories, but it's because I prefer older, close slash closer to my age characters, <laughs> mid-30s, mostly because I can't stand the immaturity of some of the characters. They can be insufferable. I read other stories by L. Kennedy if you have some not new adult recommend recs, though. Um, I liked her writing and had previously read her in the Christmas in the City anthology alongside Serena Bowen. Hers was epic. A male-male hockey romance. Um, I I think this is the only L. Kennedy read, uh, that I've read, so I, I don't, I think, I say that, but I didn't even remember reading this book. So, um, but well, obviously... kind of echoes what she was yeah, saying. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously I agree with the fact that, um, yeah, it's... It, it probably is not the most memorable for me. And then I don't remember that I, I did not remember that I read it. Um, and it's interesting that you say new adult and sports romance books read the same. I don't think that new adult as a genre reads the same, but I think there is something to sports romances kind of reading the same. Cause it's usually to put a stereotype on it, a bow hunky, um, kind of chauvinist got it all going on guy with kind of a more quirky outspoken girl who doesn't put up with his bullshit and keep going well and they end up winning the championship and yeah yeah so i i i'll give uh, i will add credence to to that uh comment because i think that yeah you're probably on something there so um, Jennifer says, I started it, hated it, and stopped reading, but then decided to go ahead and read it all. So I do know that Garrett turns out to be caring and thoughtful about Hannah. However, I still didn't like him. I couldn't get past the slut shaming and stripper tits and puck bunnies type of talk. Like others have said, I'm probably too old for this story. Also, the motivation of her pretending to go out with Garrett because of his street cred or popularity seems off at a college setting more relevant for high school. And why did Garrett, who was supposedly looking after her at the party when she got drunk, leave her passed out in his room and go back downstairs to the party and get drunk himself? I also wonder. I also wonder about that too. Yeah. Um, leaving her alone passed out in his room. Really? I think Hannah needed a sweet cinnamon roll type of hero. Not this guy. Um, I will, I will agree with, with that part. Um, with, cause I also was like, Wait a second. You're just going to leave her alone up there? I think he says, like, he locked the door, but wow, maybe... that would be weird. But, yeah, but maybe I'm making that up. Um, but I also was like, hmm. Um, I liked him better when he was staying away from alcohol at parties. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 
as far as like the popularity at a college setting, I think it kind of depends on what college you go to. And it, I think it kind of depends on, because like I wasn't in any kind of popularity group when I was at college. I mean, I was an old lady when I went to college, part of it. But, um, and I really didn't care at all about that. But I think there are kids who do and yeah. are in that, like, especially the sorority frat. So, thing. And, and here's the thing, like, I went to a really big university where there's no way that, like, everybody would know everybody. But I went to a college that really cares about its sports people. And I even worked at one of my jobs in college was I worked at this sports grill sports grill that was by all the athletics buildings. So, like, all the sports people, like, came in all the time. And um, people would always be like, oh, no way, you, like serve that person and I was one of the like few people who did not give a shit about the college <laughs> sports like I never went to a football game and that's like unheard of at my college and um and I was like yeah he's a nice guy I don't know like what do you want me to say <laughs> and um and so I think yeah I think it just kind of depends on your college I think there's also like smaller colleges where maybe this would be a thing um Especially if it's very, like, athletics-centered, which I think this one seems, yeah, to be the case. But, I don't know. Um, Jen says, I love this book. The first time I picked this audiobook up, I thought I was going to get a fluffy, fake dating romance narrated by Christian Fox Swoon, who was one of the narrators. Um, instead, I got an enemies to friends, to fake dating, to teach me how to orgasm, to lovers romance. <laughs> teach me how to orgasm. Um, <laughs> it was so surprising. The beginning of the story makes Garrett look like a dumb, privileged, arrogant jock. But when we see him one-on-one -on -one with Hannah, you realize he's a hardworking A student who is confident in himself. The backstories of Hannah and Garrett both being abusive, abuse survivors and them supporting each other gave the book extra depth. The speech Garrett gives his dad's girlfriend at Thanksgiving, telling her she is not to blame for the abuse had me in tears. Anyways, I have kids in college and I loved this book. This is the first book I've read that the guys call each other sluts. More of this, please. <laughs> yeah. Please when Hannah, uh, plus when Hannah calls the girl who was having sex with Garrett a floozy, he calls her out on that. Um, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Um, and I also really liked when, um, he pulls her, his dad's girlfriend aside and is like, if you need me, I will be here, like, in yeah, a flash. you call me. And if you need someone to back you up that he's a piece of shit, I will back you up. You and know? none of this is your fault. You don't yeah. deserve this. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we haven't talked about, like, the fake dating, but, you know, we love that. Like, that is... Yeah. But I would agree I don't get that. I don't understand that if you go out with me, it'll make you look more popular and other guys will want to go out with you. And I was like, eh, I don't know that that is... Well, it's like you said, there's some people that care about that more than... I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Anne says, I really liked this one. I'm not the biggest fan of New Adult, but I thought Hannah and Garrett were great characters who sh each showed a lot of growth. The slut-shaming in high school musical level clicks slash stereotypes stopped this from being a love. I still rooted for both characters, and I liked the balance of deeper moments with funny moments, especially toward the end with the campus-wide hands-off law and Hannah walking into the locker room. That, that was, was funny. funny. <laughs> she was just like, penises! <laughs> penises! Penises! <laughs> And then, what was it, his coach comes, he's, what's going on in here? And he's like, 
what it looks like. Well, it is what it looks like. I'm having a conversation with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, Jess says, so life has been crazy and I didn't have a chance to reread this book, but I really loved it when I first read it a couple of years ago. In general, I really love Elle Kennedy's new adult slash college romances. The books have a great mix of romance tropes with well-developed characters you root for. My favorite book in this series is the third book with Dean and Allie. There so go. there you go. Second, yeah. second call out for that. Yeah. Deb says, I loved this book. It was one of the first romance books I read. At first, Garrett is kind of a jerk, but then I remembered that some of the guys that age are. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We'll cut him some slack. I loved how protective he became of Hannah when he learned that she'd been what she'd been through and really laughed out loud when he warned the rest of the campus not to date her when she tried to break it off. I liked thinking back to the college days when life was so less complicated and you have a crush and see them in class or run into them on campus. <laughs> Overall, I'm a huge L. Kennedy fan. We've all played. We've all played that move. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, funny meeting you here. How weird. Yeah. Definitely pulled that with a uh, guy I made mixed CDs for. <laughs> um, Paige says, the deal had been on my TBR for a long time before I actually got around to reading it almost two years ago. I'm a big procrastinator. What can I say? Girl, same. Anyway, my best friend really loves Elle Kennedy and the series, so I went into expecting a good book, and I wasn't disappointed. I really loved the deal. It delivered on the fun and entertainment, but also some serious heartachey stuff, too. I didn't have any complaints, though I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure I buy that they could have watched the first season of Breaking Bad in the time they were supposed to have. <laughs> well, I was even counting. Hey, she got there like 10, and they were done at 3. I don't know that you could watch the whole season. Of well, it depends on... I wasn't sure how many episodes. I've never gotten into Breaking Bad. Don't hold it against me, you guys. I just don't. I Just straight dramas are just not my jam. I watched the first season. Breaking. Here's the problem with Breaking Bad, and it had uh, most of the first season. Maybe not the whole first season. But, and this is my same problem with Yellowstone, which I know everybody loves. If there's not a character in there that I like and can root, connect, for? root for and to be my hero, then I have a hard time with the series. If everybody, and I'm talking to you, Yellowstone, if everybody in the show is horrible, I can't get into it. I yeah. have to have a good guy to root for. Yeah. Yeah. Or a good um, gal. I just one. need, like, I just am a comedy gal. I just like funny I can read dramas no problem in books, but for some reason, and I think it's because dramas on TV, they just run out of material. They just always have to end up like, they have to like one up themselves and make it more and more ridiculous and more and more dramatic. And I'm like, whose life is like this? I would, I'm sorry, kill myself if my life was. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. The, yeah. um, the, um, if it's a con if if it's a drama that has funny stuff in it and a good romance yeah that's that's and the other thing the other exception is like uh some sort of genre based so if it's like a supernatural or a Grey's uh games of game of thrones or um bones or yeah just something where there's something else going on i don't know but um but just like the, I've never gotten into This Is Us. I know everybody loves that one. But I've also heard that people think that that one's getting out of control with, like, the drama trying to top itself. Um, I was... Well, they just become super soap opera-y. And it just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. So, that's that's my thing. Sorry. 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 For everybody who loves those things. Yeah. Um, anyway, Paige continues. Uh, with her breaking up bad comment. But hey, what do I know? I just had a great time reading the deal. And while I haven't read the other books in this series or the spinoff, I do plan to eventually. Paige, you know I feel that. 
because I have so many books that I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll keep reading this series. And look at me now. Although, I do think I'm going to start the new Riley Thorne tonight. I want to start the new Riley Thorne. Well, you're going to have to just wait for me. No, you don't. You can, we, we can read we can at the same time, but we run into... It keeps wanting to bump me. My Kindle keeps wanting to bump me to where Ellen is or Ellen. Yeah. But we're used to dealing with that. Yeah. Um, finally, Ruthie says, uh-oh, I was supposed to reread this one. I own it and read it a long time ago. I remember liking it and I like L. Kennedy. I also remember reading almost the whole series, but getting bored at the end. I would recommend L. Kennedy always, but reading all the comments, I wish I had reread it so I could see if it bothers me now too. And then she followed up and said, well, I'm sure I'm too late for the podcast, but I started rereading and I'm almost done. It's really good. I had forgotten everything. <laughs> yeah. um, Ruthie, you're never too late, usually, because we're usually recording this the night before it comes out. So... Well, especially now that we live in the same house, it... We procrastinate to the nth degree. Yeah, we're bad. Sorry. Um, and I have to go on, like, a camping retreat with the girls I work with this week, so we'll see... When we'll see how that works out this next weekend. Works out. Um, okay. Any final thoughts on the deal, Mom? No, I I think I really really liked it, and I think yeah. I'm gonna read the next book. I think I'll I'll stick with my five stars. I'll give it a love just because I like I said there's nothing really that I actively detested. I think it just didn't like ring as true for me this time um, as it did when I read it closer to when it was written and closer to when I was more age appropriate for it. Um, okay. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on the deal by L Kennedy. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's from which is not your mom's, mom's Facebook, Facebook group. group. Sorry. I'm using an old template of this. Um, our Twitter and Instagram, which are not at not your mom's rom, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you on July 19th. We'll be discussing nine rules to break when romancing a rake by Sarah, Sarah McLean. But for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be revealing the No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. I haven't sung that in a long time. We haven't done a break segment for a long time. Um, And like the jingle says, when we do the news and the mail, we have some mail to read. So I've gotten a few emails that I haven't gotten a chance to read because I don't do the break segment anymore because I'm too lazy to do two parts anymore. <laughs> um, well, but we don't always have anything to talk say. about. That's true. Um, but I wanted to read a couple where people give recommendations just because I know you guys like that. Um, so Laurel emailed us and she said, hi, just listened to your Romancing Mr. Bridgerton podcast. This was so fun. I would love for you to talk about the Rose Code. It's such a great historical fiction with lots of romance. We like all of those things. Mom's writing it down as we speak. The Rose Code. Yes. Um, I believe I'm going to look it up while, and this is obviously something that I should have done prior. Okay. I thought it was maybe in the, um, there's like the pink carnation series. And I thought maybe that it was part of that. Um, but this does look like, this looks like a book straight up mom's alley. I'll tell you what. I love things up my alley. It's world war. (laughs) 
It's a World War II story of three female oh. codebreakers at Bletchley Park and the spy they must root out after the war is over. That does sound like a mom book. That does sound like me. Um, Teresa says, discovered your podcast searching for and listening to commentary about Helen Huang's books. You and your mother are, are adorable together. Eh, I'm adorable. <laughs> Mom's okay. Um, I noticed sure, the diversity we'll of romance subgenres you two read and would like to just suggest one I haven't heard you two cover yet. Not so much because I enjoy them, but because I'd like to hear other perspectives about this genre since it confuses me. Okay, this is a thing. This is, I mean, okay. I'll read, I'll read what she says. Also known as bully romance, writers like L.J. Shen, Penelope Douglas, and others such seem to really enjoy writing about alpha males who are so alpha that they really are just assholes. They treat the supposed girl they care about like dirt, humiliate them, and manipulate them. It's always struck me as odd that this is a thing for some women, and I wonder and worry whether stories like this don't just keep women in abusive relationships believing this is quote-unquote love somehow. Interested in hearing your review of one of these subgenres of books, the two writers I reference above have got toxic masculinity down, so I'm pretty sure a pick from any of their books will suffice. And that's from Teresa. Um, I know that this is a thing. Um, well, first of all... There are people into all kinds of things that <laughs> yeah. I question on a daily basis. Even in romance, which we love and tout and yes. things like that. But then there's, you know, like the Sasquatch romances and that kind of stuff. There's kinds of there's all kinds of weird crap out there that people I'm like, wow, really? This is a thing? Um, so, and I know that this, um, I've never heard them referred to as bully romances, but um, I've definitely heard of this being a trope in books. Um, and I know people that are super into them and, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I would be, I'd be open to reading it, but mainly to talk about it from the perspective of, I don't think it's healthy. No. So. Well, I've never um, read one. I don't think. I can't think of one that, there are books that we've read where the guy's kind of a bully in the beginning, but then they always kind of turn. Yeah. Um, so I guess people other than Teresa, let us know if you would also like us to talk about this as a genre. Um, and if you have a book that you think would be a good example of that, that we would be able to stand reading, I guess. Um, well, we'd be willing to read anything you guys want us to read and talk about it, but we might not like it. Yeah. That's so true. But I don't think Teresa's presenting it as That's something that she I likes. love this book. Read yeah. it. See what you guys think. <laughs> um, and finally, old friend of the show. She's been on board with us for a while. So I always love to see her pop up. But um, one of our gens, we have a lot of gens. We have a lot of gens. Um, and a lot of Jesses and uh, Sarahs. Bless you all. <laughs> but there's a lot of you. Um, but one of the gens said, Hi, Ellen and Mom. I didn't get to participate in the free-for-all, but since you mentioned Kerrigan Burns' mystery series, I thought I'd recommend some books for Mom. Oh, yes. <laughs> These... I'm, writing, I'm writing stuff down. <laughs> These are two series I recently started mark working my way through. They both have slow-burn background romances. Yes, they do. Um, Darcy Wilde's Ro Rosalind Thorne mysteries. I've only read the first, but I'm definitely going to read more. Uh, the hero is a social outcast. Oh, the 
heroine is a social outcast because her father was a gambler and took off in the middle of the night, abandoning her and her mother. Rosalind has kept herself afloat by being a bit of a party planner slash social secretary for rent. There are some background stories I'm really curious about. And then Anne Lee Huber's Lady Darby Mysteries. I'm iffy, but fascinated with this one. I find the premise a little strange. Uh, the heroine is the widow of an, an, an anatomist? What would that be? Anatomist? Anatomist. That married her specifically for her artistic skills. Uh, he forced her to draw his dissections and now, and she's now a societal outcast because people think she's a ghoulish freak. Um, what, what, what was the name of the series again? Uh, Lady Darby Mysteries. Also, I'm not sure if I've recommended these before, but her Royal Spyness Mysteries series by Reese Bowen is a lot of fun. More campy in their approach, but with fun banter. Which, you got mom with yeah. mystery with fun banter. Um, hope all is well. Enjoy your summer, Jen. Uh, Jen, we will. We actually went to the beach yesterday, and it was lovely. It was lovely. Well, it was 114 or something where we live, and so yeah. we said... We don't want to be here. <laughs> Let's go to the beach. We're at 65 degrees right so now. So we drove to the beach and we were wearing jackets all day long. Yeah. So it was. Although we did both end up getting sunburned somehow. We did. I went surfing. And so I think when I took off my wetsuit is when I got sunburned because I had worn away all my sunscreen that I put on. Um, anyway, so that is it for our break segment. And um, I just wanted to catch some of those emails, some of which have been sitting in my inbox for a little bit of time. So. We love getting emails. I love, we love getting recommendations, especially yeah. mom loves getting mystery yeah. recommendations. I, I've got a whole list here now. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that. And we will see you the next time for some news and mail on the break segment. Welcome back. So we recently had a member join the group named Victoria, and she actually even commented on the deal. Uh, and she mentioned that she started reading romance recently because of Bridgerton, and it got me thinking about how there are a lot of new romance readers, and that we have a civic duty to a help civic them duty. out. <laughs> so as a group, we put together the No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. The more you know. The more you know. Um, over the past couple of weeks or so, I've been prompting the Facebook group with scenarios where a non-romance reader comes seeking a specific type of romance book, such as your mom's friend asking for a mystery or your church friend asking for a clean romance. So we're going to name some of our picks and then some of yours from the group. Um, and I got looking at the multitude of books that we have to cover. And I decided that we're just going to do this over the next like five episodes or so. Um, we'll do two of them in each episode. Yeah. Two or there's going to be one episode where we do three because there were 11 subgenres that we ended up doing. And I haven't looked at these yet. She hasn't. Um, cause mom is too lazy to look it at anything. It is a lot of work <laughs> to read all that on Facebook. It's like, ah, um, TLDNR. So today we're going to talk about, um, the rom-com subgenre, which when I prompted it, I was kind of thinking, um... Uh, just like someone who likes a rom-com movie, like they like When Harry Met Sally, they like You've Got Mail, they like movies are, that are not Nora Ephron, but still fall within the rom romantic comedy genre. Um, so I think I was kind of thinking like contemporary. We got others that are not contemporary and that's totally fine. But so rom-com and historical are the two categories that we're going to talk about today. Um, 
So mom, what would be kind of, if somebody came to you, um, asking for a rom-com recommendation, what would you say? I'd probably start with Penny Reed. That's always our go-to. That's our go-to. By the way, here's the prompt that I, I did. Um, what would you say if a friend came up to you and said, I'm looking to try one of your romance novels. I like rom-coms and stuff and stuff. So is there a book like that? And after rolling your eyes so far into the back of your head that you see brain matter, what would you say to this silly, naive friend? Sally Thorne also. Yeah, that's... The hating game is just like... Uh... That's the first... Like, if someone comes to me and they say, I like romantic comedies, I would say hating game. Yes. Because first of all... Well, first of all, they're making a movie of it, so yeah, there's that. They're making a movie of it. There's, it's not tied to anything else. Which I think, if it's someone's first foray, maybe a non-series book is a good Kickstarter. Um, so, Hating Game is what first comes to my mind, and that's what also came to a lot of y'all's mind because that's definitely the one that showed up the most was the Hating Game. And I almost, when I say Penny Reed, I don't think I would. I would throw out um, Knitting in the City series before Winston Brothers, and this is why. If it's a brand new person to romance, I don't know that I'd want them starting with Truth or Beard right out of the, out of the gate. Because, yeah. if you guys remember, Truth or Beard starts with... The... Starts right up there with him getting right up in there. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Chapter one. And um, so I'm not sure that I would want a complete novice to start right there. But if you started with Knitting in the City series, then you could totally work into the Winston Brothers. And they both are very fun and, and entertaining to read. Yeah. Um, the other books that kind of I thought of when thinking about someone looking for a book that's similar to a rom-com, um, I thought The Kiss Quotient, just because it's also, um, I'm trying, it also like handles like weighty issues mm-hmm. that I think might appeal to some people. Um, the flat share for people who are into oh, like a Notting Hill yeah. or a British rom-com. Like, I think that one's a really good one. Um, waiting for Tom Hanks, just because yes. if it is someone who likes You've Got Mail or things like that. It I mean, it's definitely gives, all about the rom-com genre. Yeah, it gives a lot of love to that. And then I also thought Boyfriend Material, just because if you're looking for a funny romance that is definitely the one that made me laugh the most out of, like, the recent crop that we've read, so. Definitely. Um, okay, let's let's hear from what some of the listeners thought. Catherine said, Aisha at last, which I think is a good one. That is a good one. Um, Savannah said, The Bromance Book Club, uh, Meet Cute, The Honey Don't List, which is by Christine Lauren. I haven't read, I haven't read that, one. that one but I've we, read... we read meet cute didn't we yeah by helena hunting i believe okay. i believe you i can't remember all these books <laughs> and then um betney is the other one that savannah said by jennifer cruzy and i i've read some i don't remember if i've read that one or not but i know that that's like one that's i have a never go-to. read a jennifer cruzy yeah we should probably do that at some point um, Deanna said, I would probably suggest one or all of these three books. The Hating Game, Game, Almost Everyone Loves This Book, Funny, Cute, Sexy Times, or Closed Door, if I'm remembering cor- correctly. They're, yes, I believe they are fairly Relatively close. Relatively Closed yeah. Door. Um, she says, Well Met, again, Almost Everyone Loves This Book, but not everyone loves the next one, so that may turn your reader off. Um, yeah, I, I liked that book. I don't know that that's, like... I can safely be like, 
hating game, I freaking loved it. Right. <laughs> I don't know how you'll feel about it, but I freaking loved well, it. Well, Matt, I remember really liking it. I don't know that I loved it. I can't remember why or what. I'd have to listen yeah. to the episode again. <laughs> that's, that's what we have to do to, like, trigger our memories, you guys. Um, and then she says, truth or beard, funny, cute, beginning of a series, so if they like this one, they can keep going. Um, yeah, that would, my only hesitation would be that if first chapter. If they're new to romance, that might be a little off-putting. Yeah. Um, Jennifer says, boyfriend material. Kate says, the unhoneymooners, which I think is a good yes, one. Yes, that is a good one. Um, definitely. Jess says, The Billionaire's Wake Up Call Girl by Anika Martin. The audiobook is amazing for this one, you too. You read that one. I read that one. I um, read that one. I liked it, yeah. I don't know if that's the one I would... Go to. Go to, but it kind of... I And all of this also depends on the friend that comes up to you, Well, the right? person, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But if, like, some stranger comes up to me and they're like, Hey, I like rom-coms. What would you recommend? I'd be like, eh, Hating Game. That's a safe choice. <laughs> Um, Heather says Hooker and the Hermit by Penny Reed and L.H. Causeway, uh-huh. which, um, I think that's, okay, that's the first one, right? Yes. yes. And I don't, I, that's the one where she's like, that, the, I don't know. Cause that's the one where he, cause he's kind of S and Emmy. I mean, it, no, 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 not that one. That's the, that, that's the one we read for the podcast. Wait, is he S and M E? No. It's yeah, the one he's... where it's she's like the secret social media Right. And he, and he's Well, some people are into the S and M E mom. Okay, and that's fine. If the person <laughs> that's asking you is it there was something that he he had some kind of quirk that if I remember correctly, when it came to sexy times. So and I think it was a little S and M E. And and you know, that's fine if that's what you're into. If, if that's, that's what, what you're into. into. Um Heather continues, one moment please by Amy Dawes. I would not recommend an Amy Dawes to, like, a newbie, <laughs> but that's, it just depends on Was your Was that friend. the first one? Um, no. No. It's the doctor one, I think. Okay, because the, the first one was waiting. I read, I listened to One Moment, please. Um, Sugar and Ice by Haven Ellis, I think is the name that it's supposed to say. And then Anything by Helena Hunting. I think I've only read that one Helena Hunting book that we read on the podcast. And we liked that one okay, I think. I think we might have had some beef with it. But I can't remember which one that was. You guys, we can't remember anything. Um, Jen says, my staples would be Boyfriend Material, Red, White, and Royal Blue, The Hating Game, and The Unhoneymooners. Other books I would suggest would be Rock Bottom Girl, Come Back to Bed by Kaylee Loring, and Get a Life by Chloe Brown. You guys have some books in here that I've never even heard of, which is the amazing thing of, about romance. Because um, Come Back to Bed by Kaylee Loring, I've never even heard of that author. Rock Bottom Girl, I remember really, really liking until, until the, the end. end. Yeah, that's our thing it with that book. It was really off-putting to me. Catherine says The X-Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon, which we both liked. Um, and then Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. If they like rom-coms and Great British Bake Off, I'd add Rosaline Palmer Takes the Cake by Alexis Hall. I'd also second several of the books mentioned above. Um, Emma says, I have a lot of the same ones, but kind of in order from Tame to Steamy would be Attachments by Rainbow Rowell. Oh, we loved Attachments. Which we liked that one a lot, yeah. Um, most Sophie Kinsella, which was my gateway, basically, and I had so many people read Sophie Kinsella when I was in high school. Um, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie oh, Society. I love that one. Um, the Flat Share, yes. The Boyfriend Material, 
The Unhoneymooners, The Marriage Effect, Wolf Gone Wild, The Hating Game, and Fix Her Up. Um, yeah, Fix Her Up is definitely the steamy end of that <laughs> spectrum. Um, but that, uh, Tessa Bailey, if you are looking for a rom-com with a lot of heat, that uh, Tessa Bailey would be a good pick yeah. for sure. Um, Alicia says The Opposite of You by Rachel Higginson. Which we liked that book a lot. Yes. And I we remember what it was about. It's the food <laughs> the food truck one. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a good one. We liked that one a lot. Um Tatiana says I would recommend Act Like It by Lucy Parker. I think it's a great rom com and not as popular as it should be. We read that one with sister in law Kristen. Yeah, but we did like it. Yeah. And it was it And was you pretty, read like the whole series. Yeah, and it was pretty closed door. Yeah. Um Jessica says The Wedding Game by uh Megan Quinn. Which, I have not read that one. Um, Laz says Road Tripped by Nicole Archer. Again, a book I've never heard of. Um, Tiernan, so Tiernan has some historicals in here, which is fine. But she has When Beauty Tamed the Beast by Eloisa James. Nobody's Baby But Mine by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Bet Me by Jennifer Cruzy. The Proposition by Judith Ivory. Romancing the Duke by Tessa Dare. Love is a Rogue by Lenora Bell. The Secret by Julie Garwood. Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. The Brown Sisters series by Talia Hibbert. I would, I would echo the Brown Sisters. Brown Sisters. Um, Girl Meets Duke series by Tessa Dare, The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, and the award goes to The Hating Game by Sally. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think. I, if I were going to do a, a historical rom-com, I would go with The Duchess Deal, because I literally LOL'd multiple times in that book. Yeah, we're going to talk to historical about historicals in a moment. I know, but we were doing rom-coms. I and know. That was, so I was putting that as something that I laughed at. Yes. Any Tessa, any Tessa Dare is a yes. good historical rom-com. Um, Karen says, can you keep a secret? And I've got your number both by Sophie Kinsella. I, yeah. Can you keep a secret was my jam in high school. I freaking loved that book. I still do. Um, Sarah, Sarah says Neanderthal Seeks Human by Penny Reed is my first go-to. Then Anything by Max Monroe, Lisa Kay's bromance, Lisa Kay Adams bromance series and Shortcake by Lucy Watson. Um, we should, you guys, let me know how you liked the rest of the Bromance series. Um, because we read that book with my brother, and while it was funny, I think it somewhat ruined my experience. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were worried about what he was going to be saying yeah. about it. Um, but I'm curious how the rest of that series has been going. Um, so if you have thoughts, let me know. Karen says, Get a Life, Chloe Brown, and The Hating Game. Also, Bet Me by Jennifer Cruzy. Boy from Material by Alexis Hall. I love Penny Reed and Pippa Grant, but their books are more quirky and possibly an acquired taste. So I wouldn't go there first. We read a Pippa Grant for something. Yeah, we read the hosed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yes. raccoons. The, yes. <laughs> the dirty raccoons. raccoons. <laughs> In his bed. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's a good point about Penny Reed, though, because we also love, like, Penny Reed is not one that I would recommend to a stranger on the street. I would need to know, know them. them. And I agree that they're kind of more of an acquired taste, for sure. Um, that's why I think Hating Game is kind Just of probably the go-to. The go-to. Um, Katrina says, Emma Bull's War for the Oaks is a terrific fantasy with the sweetest slow burn romance. Unless someone truly hates fantasy, I defy them not to enjoy it. Um, Emma Bull is an OG of urban fantasy Otherwise, Alona Andrews' Burn For Me is one of my favorites. Um, I've never even heard of that, so there's that. 
Um, Lori says, if I were to recommend a good starter rom-com, I would probably go with Penny Reed's Knitting in the City or Winston Brothers series. I actually got interested in romance thanks to Linda Holmes' recommendation of ne um, Neanderthal Seeks Human years ago on pop culture, Happy Hour. I was hooked. Thankfully, by the time I read it, most of the series was already published, so I tore through them, which led me to The Winstons, one of my favorite series of all times. And thanks to the Smarty Pants Romance Universe, there are lots of directions and authors to go explore from there. But for a good standalone wreck, I think The Hating Game is probably the gold standard. Roomies or Josh and Hazel by Christina Lauren are also surefire crowd pleasers, I think. I think that, honestly, I think if I were to recommend a Christina Lauren, it probably would be Roomies Roomies. or Josh and Hazel. Just yeah. because I do think that those are more of the, like, anybody can enjoy those. Yeah. Um, even more those so than on a honeymoon. Those are both really good. Um, and then finally Raquel says, I'd start with the Unhoneymooners by Christine Lauren or just read most of the standalones by Christine Lauren. They're amazing. I also second the Winston brothers and the solving for pie series by Penna Reed, the hating game by Sally Thorne, the X talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon, the secret to dating your best friend's sister by Megan Quinn, some of the lighter books by Claire Kingsley, anything like Book Boyfriend and Faking Miss Wright, and Wallbanger by Alice Clayton. I read Wallbanger when I was a newbie to romance, and I think I liked it, but it's been so long. <laughs> um, those are all great books. I'm going to make graphics of these, so be on the lookout for that. Um, Mom, what would be, what if someone came up to you with a historical romance. My scene that I wrote for this one, because these are really important, um, is scene. Stranger the DM sees you reading historical romance with a particularly clinchy cover. What's the DM? DMV. Sorry. Oh, you said DM. And okay. Like, sorry. Dungeon Master? <laughs> Stranger at the DMV sees you reading historical with a particularly clinchy cover. The Stranger... Oh, you read those? I like stuff like Bridgerton, Downton Abbey, and Pride and Prejudice, Poldark, and Sanditon. Do you know of any books that are of a historical romance like that? Well, you came to the right place. Because <laughs> Why, I do. Why, yes, I do, Stranger at the DMV. <laughs> what would your picks be, Mom, for historical? I mean, basically, this was me and Mom's situation. Right. Because Mom, her gateway was historicals. So... What they're saying is they like all these TV shows, so yeah. what books should they read? Well, I would say read the Bridgertons because it's different than the TV show and you would enjoy it. And there's more to it than just the first book. Yes. So. And um, I would also, I would try to figure out how steamy they want things. I think Edenbrook would be, if someone wants something clean, clean not too steamy, I would yeah. go with Edenbrook um, because I think that one is fantastic. Uh I mean, I started Mom on the Castles of Her After series by Tessa Dare. Right. Which I stand by. Right. I think, and I do, because there's some recommendations for Spindle Cove by Tessa Dare, which I do freaking love that series. Um, that one's a little longer. Right. So I stand There's by... Like 13 books in it or yeah. something. I mean, it's So crazy. I stand by the, like, three book series, like, I right. like all of them, so... And Sarah McLean, most of her stuff is good. So I would, so I was thinking about it. And with Sarah McLean, I think I would say start with nine rules to break when romancing a rake. Which we're doing next week. Which so get your friends week. on board. Yeah. Um, because I, 
I just well, love... Well, that leads into... Yeah, I love the payoff. The one that's not called the Fallen Angel series. That we always call the Fallen Angel series. It's something... Sarah McLean just needs to change the name of that series. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I I just love the payoff, which I won't get into, but I love I love that payoff. Um, but I And I also really love Nine Worlds to Break when romancing a rake, so yes. I, I would feel safe starting a person there. Um, obviously Bridgerton, um... I would really almost throw out authors more than... Because there's some authors, like your Tessa Dares and your Sarah McLean's, that you could just say, read anything by this author yeah. and you're gonna and love it. You're gonna be good. Yeah. Like, you'll be well taken care of. Um... Um, I was also thinking Widow of Rose House, especially if oh, it's someone yes. who, um, likes a little spook with their... Yeah, that would be a good one. Romance. And it's not, like, historical story. It's not, like, super Regency. old. Regency. Yeah. It's not, yeah, which a lot of them are. Yeah. Um, and it's also in America. Yeah. And um, also, you know, they can listen to our episode about it afterwards. Yeah. That's the other thing, you guys, is that I mainly think about books now that we've done on the podcast because when people come to me looking for a romance recommendation, they're usually, like, friends of ours who want to check out the podcast. So I'm always thinking, like, well, you could read this book and then listen to the, listen podcast. To the podcast about it afterwards. So I'm not, like completely narcissistic it's just that that's where my brain goes now well, a is, little bit oh. i am a little bit um <laughs> okay so savannah says sarah mclean's scandal and scoundrel series which i believe is the real name <laughs> of the fallen angels <laughs> uh, nope nope never gonna go by that um <laughs> uh, and anything highland times by julie garwood uh deanna says the lisa clapis wallflower series oh, that is that is a very that is good, a quintessential yeah um, Karen says, then came you and dreaming of you by Lisa Kleypas, which agree. Emily says any Kerrigan burn book, which yes. Yes. Um, especially if they're looking for like a little more angst than well, like a Julia Quinn or something. And like those that. Victorian rebel books are so good. Just off the charts. You can't go wrong. Those are so good. Um, Aaron says Tessa Dare Spindle Cove series, which again, love it. So long. So many books. But <laughs> I love that there's so many books because I, I love that series. Um, Mayha says Bringing Down the Duke and A Rogue of One's Own. I mostly prefer contemporary romance, but Evie Dunmore is my only auto buy author. Um, I still need to read. Do, yeah, no, I haven't read A Rogue of One's Own. We read Bringing Down the Duke, though. We did. And we like, yeah, we like, I'm, yeah. And I didn't read the next sure one. sure we liked it. I can't remember. I can't remember either. You guys. Um, Katrina says Georgette Hare, impeccable research, beautiful writing, witty, and nothing to scare the horses. Um, <laughs> Venetia or the unknown Ajax. Yeah, definitely if it's someone who's, like, more... Like Downton, if like their go tos are Downton Abbey and and Jane Austen, like Georgia Hare is a great yeah, option for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Abigail says nearly anything from Eloise James or Mary Balog. Mm. Um, will have to remember what I read first from them. It's how I got into Regency romance. Um, Eloise James. Eloise James, and we liked um, Matter of Class. I think it, Matter of Class. I think is the only Mary. Balog that, that I've we've done read. on the show. And and I think that's the only one that I've read. And I don't even know if I'm saying her name right, so hopefully I am. Um, Cassie says, anything by Tessa Dare. I think she's a great gateway historical romance author, she and is. I would definitely agree with that. She's she's definitely, like, if someone wants, like, a lighthearted historical, she's my 
go-to. Or like even more so than Julia Quinn or or someone like who's that. been reading contemporary, but they yeah. want a recommendation for it because because Tessa Dares, I don't know how historically accurate they are, yeah. but they are a fun bridge between yeah. the two. They're a little bit more contemporary spirited. Yeah, or contemporarily than... written. Yeah. Um, Kate says the Pink Carnation series by Lauren Willig, which um, I read before I was into romance. So, um, but yes, I can. And that's a good gateway, I would also say. Um, Catherine says My Fake Rake by Eva Lee, oh. which is a book we did yes, on the podcast. We did do that. Um, and Guernsey, Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Love that book. Yeah. Um, she says. If you've only seen the TV show. Or a movie. Or a movie. That's what I meant. Um, read the book because it's different. The timing and pacing is completely different. Don't read it for romance, though. No. Because it's, it's a little disappointing. The, the, romance the movie definitely ups the romance, which I like about the movie. Yeah. But if so, don't go to it looking but for do like picture. What's his name? Michael. Yeah. Do that. As, he's yeah. As, yeah. He's nice. Dozzy. Dozzy. Um, she also says also someone is into Bridgertons and what they want more of is black historical romance. I'd share the code switch episode I posted here in February and point them to Alyssa Cole. Uh, Pipper Hewley and Beverly Jenkins. And that is a good point. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jen says Tessa Dare's Girl Meets Duke series, specifically the Duchess deal or the governess game. Echo. Yes. yes. If they wanted old school Regency, I suggest Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase, which we also liked a great deal and yes. have done on the podcast. Yes. So, bonus. Um, Tiernan says When Beauty Tamed the Beast by Eloisa James, the Castle Ever After series by Tessa Dare. Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase, The Secret and the Bride by Julie Garwood, um, Mary Balag books, and The Wallflowers, The Hathaways, and The Ravenels by Lisa Kleypas. And yes, yes, to yes, all those. yes, yes, yes. That's why there's just certain authors Lisa Kleypas, Tessa Dare, Julia Quinn, Sarah McLean. I mean, there's certain authors that I would just say, if you read one of these, you're, you're in. You'd get a taste yeah. of, of the romance experience. Um, Beth says Julianne Long Penny Royal Green series, which I've, ha- I've heard people recommend that. I read the first book and I did not like it like at all. Like I On really which series? disliked it. Um, Penny Royal Green series. Oh. So I've heard though that you need to get past the first book. So Beth, let me know if that's the case. Um, Raquel, finally, she says Edenbrook by Julianne Donaldson. Loved it and found it via the podcast. So you can listen to the episode after you finish the book. Yeah. Great plug, Raquel. <laughs> um, Way to yeah. have our back. No, I think Edenbrook is a great. And it's a great, if for someone who's never read romance, it's a great, because like I started right off the summer clean oh, and I was like. I want to read that book again. Super shocked. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> and uh, so it would be a good. You were mainly shocked though, because it's like, this is what my daughter This is what my daughter listens to? <laughs> Good job, Ellen. <laughs> Way to go, Ellen. That is not the reaction <laughs> that I got. <laughs> it would be now. Uh, but anyway, it's it's very clean and very and clean, but very, very sweet, sweet, very romantic. Very, I mean, still definitely like far and away a romance. So, yes. um, yeah. So that's that's it. Stay with us um, for future More episodes of these? to hear some of our other categories and. Um, and yeah, what, what, what we think and what y'all think for other future categories. So stay with us on that. Um, and thanks so much for participating in yes. that when I was posting it. Um, 
Thanks again for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on July 19th for Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake by Sarah McLean, which we think is a great entry point into historical romance, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So get your friends to read the book. For their first romance and then listen to and then you. listen to the podcast listen to us say wonderful things about it but don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them and yeah we will see you next week next week all right bye mom bye not your mom's romance book club is part of the frolic podcast network you can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts